0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good morning, everybody, and a uh, happy Father's Day weekend as we bring you a, a special podcast that will. You know, touch on a couple issues, and we'll obviously uh, start with the U.S. Open. Day two of the U.S. Open as we get ready to, uh, on this Friday morning, uh, get ready for a what should be a good weekend of golf and, and an exciting weekend of golf. Right now, if you are anywhere, anywhere within five strokes of the lead you're fine after the first round. You just don't want to get blown up as Phil Mickelson did yesterday. You know, he shoots a 78. He four-putted from 12 feet. He obviously, his head's clearly not where it's supposed to be, and his putter was nowhere yesterday, so he shot a 78. It'll be hard for him to even make the cut. But if you're anywhere from plus two forward, you're fine. If you're past plus two, you need to get to work today. If you're plus two or better, you're right where you need to be after the first round, because this is going to be a tournament that's won uh, with that not that many strokes uh, under par, and yesterday might have played easier than the next three days play. As a matter of fact, and talking about the U.S. Open, go to Bet Rivers for all of your U.S. Open bets in New York and New Jersey and Connecticut. Go to Sugar uh, Play Sugar House for your same bets. Every day of the U.S. Open, you get a profit boost just. For logging in and day one, uh, I would say was unspectacular. Everyone is always picking Rory McIlroy in all of these tournaments and, and, and for reasons that make sense. He has shot more rounds on the par in the majors than anybody else over the last 10 years, but he's been inconsistent and he hasn't won in a while. Kepka has won but Kepka's off his game right now as I told you. You stay away from Kepka right now and he was plus 3 yesterday. You stay away from Kepka right now cuz he's just not sharp. He's had other things, he's had things that uh, in his private life. Uh, he also is evidently dealing with a big offer that he might consider. So we don't know if he's going to take it or not. But everyone was wondering if Rory would continue what happened last week and he did. He's three on the par. Uh, one straw off the lead. Hadwin has the lead, and Hadwin got in the tournament as an alternate. He got in uh, because Casey had a out with a bad back, so he didn't even know he was going to be in the tournament until a couple of days before, and he goes out and shoots four on the par. You got a bunch of guys, unknowns at the top of the leaderboard, too. Qualifiers because qualifiers come from everywhere with the U.S. Open. And then you sprinkle in your guys, like Rose is there and Dustin Johnson is there. And Dustin Johnson, people wondered how he would be impacted. Well, he came in yesterday and shot a very good two on the par, 68, so he's right where he wants to be. Fitzpatrick, a lot of people thought he fit this course very well. He won a big tournament here back in 2013. Uh, is two under par and a lot of other names that you know also right there, either two, uh, or like, uh, or one under par, like Rom, even par, like Scotty Scheffler, uh, go right down to, uh, Shoffley at even par, who always plays well at the U.S. Open and is one of my picks. Uh, Cameron Smith plus two, uh, Cantley plus two, all those guys are in solid shape even a plus twos right now if you're more than that you got to move and if you're even plus two you want to make sure today is a day that you are at least even or a little under par as we get ready uh, for the second round of the tournament and again uh wide open is what we would call it and if you're a rory guy and he was the favorite for the tournament Or a Rom guy, and you know he's always one of the favorites, or even Scheffler who came in with an even par round. You're sitting where you need to sit as this open moves to day number two. And if you're interested in the saga of the LIV, they did not give Phil a hard time on the golf course. Uh, Maybe they felt sorry for how he was playing yesterday because he came out and he went right to the wrong side of the track from from, uh, hole one yesterday. I mean, he was never, you know, came in and started with bogeys, and it got worse from there. Uh, but they did not give him a hard time as far as what's gone on in recent weeks. Uh, a couple other things I want to get to. The NBA. I had picked Golden State in seven. They won it last night, as you know, in six. Um, this series turned in game four. Game four, Celtics up two games to one. 94-90 lead with five minutes left. And they get outscored 17-3 in the last five minutes of that game. The Celtics could not control their turnovers. And the turnovers led to fast break baskets, transition baskets for Golden State the entire series. Plus, Golden State had the experience. And... Golden State saw Wiggins emerge as a star player as this series unfolded. In games four, five, and six, Wiggins was a star on both ends of the floor. He played a tremendous all-around game. Confidence, energy, defense, everything. He averaged just a smidge on the 20 points and 10 rebounds the last three games. He was 17-16, he was 24-13, he was 18-6, played great defense, played major minutes, and that was the player that, with some other guys sprinkling some shots in here and there, and yesterday they hit threes, Golden State. That was enough with Curry, who had a terrible game five but bounced back last night for them to put the Celtics away in six games. The Celtics had a good year. They can build off this. They clearly and desperately need a point guard because it was the turnovers and the lack of big game experience. Because Golden State had players who have been there, done that, and knew how to make plays and make shots when the games were on the line. Plus, they got, like I said, an enormous upgrade from Wiggins. Celtics desperately need a point guard going forward. This team could be really good. Robert Williams will be healthy. He'll be even better. They desperately need a point guard. The turnovers killed them in this series. As far as the NBA goes, we'll have a big draft special for you next week as we move forward. Now, to baseball. You know... I've been watching the Yankees my whole life, as you know. If you know me and you know uh, the program and you've known me, listened to me for years, you know the uh, relationship to the Yankees goes all the way back to the days of Malin Maris. The Yankees have never, ever, even in 98, have they had a run like this one? I mean, this has gotten crazy. They just can't do anything wrong. I mean, if they don't hit, they pitch well. If they don't hit, the other team will make an error in the big spot. If they get four hits, they will come at the exact right time, like last night. They win games one run. They blow people out with the home run. They're homering, uh, out homering other teams two to one. They're pitching brilliantly. They are making every play. They are getting every call. They are hitting. They are getting every bounce. They are doing. They are on a roll of a lifetime. You can't. You can't get on a better roll than they are at that they are at right now. The one they are on right now is one that you may never see again. That's how crazy it is. I mean, they just can't lose. When you see a team playing 750 baseball this far into the season, I mean, the Yankees are already over 30, over 30 games, over 500, and they've played a third of a season. So, it's not, it, it. will it continue? No, it won't. Nobody plays like this all season like i said nothing ever goes wrong no ball bounces wrong every ball bounces right every play goes their way every review goes their way every bounce goes their way if the other team needs to drop the ball they drop the ball If the other team needs to make an error they make an error i mean whatever is needed to win the game happens and you take that you tuck the wins away and you move forward that's all you do and hope it continues Here's the one thing about this, not to throw cold water on any of it. The Yankees have to decide. They will not be compelled to improve this team in the 162-game schedule. The question they have to be truthful with, with themselves is, all we everything we can be Are we everything we need to be to win the World Series? Because let's be honest, folks. This is an incredible drought the Yankees have been in as far as the World Series. Their postseason performances have been terrible. They need to get to and win a World Series. And this year now will be categorized as a bitter disappointment if they don't do that. With this kind of run comes that kind of pressure. to A, get to the World Series without any question, and then B, win it. That's all there is. There's not going to be anything you need to be compelled by or answer in this regular season. It is going to be about very soon. You're going to have, after they play the Yankee-Met games, the only thing left for the Yankees is going to be talk about the postseason in all of August and all of September, is it going to be boring? Yes, it's going to be boring, but you know what? That's fine. They've dealt with that before. Teams that have dominant years deal with that. But the question is, did they do everything they needed to do? Are they content with where they are to win it all in what right now is a weaker American League than anybody could have predicted? I don't know if the White Sox are going to write themselves or not. They haven't through the first 60 games. They're playing 500 ball. Houston, who you'll see uh, next week, is playing well. Other than that, there's nothing to talk about in the American League right now. I mean, the Red Sox have righted the ship. You can talk about that if you want. And put themselves back in the, in the mix as far as getting to the postseason. They have a chance. Early in the season, looked like they were going to just cast their chips. Now they've played well for the last month. As for the Mets, listen, Atlanta is right there at four games out They're there. The Mets-Brave games are going to be interesting. The Phillies have gotten themselves on the right side of five hundred. They were a better team than they played on the Girardi, and now they've played well lately. It's about Scherzer and DeGrom. The news on Scherzer, very positive news on DeGrom, very sketchy at best. If there's one thing that you haven't liked in the last week, it's that you haven't gotten any, or even last two weeks, you haven't gotten any positive news on DeGrom. You thought he would make a quantum leap as we headed towards July. He hasn't made that leap. Now you, I think, for the first time, have to question whether DeGrom is going to pitch this year. I didn't say you wouldn't pitch. I said you have to at least question. And we, no one thought it was even a question mark. Now I'd say that the question mark is starting to at least enter the, question, at least enter the realm of possibility because it's not happening. It's not coming as quickly as we thought it would. is fine. He's going to be fine. DeGrom, I don't know. Do they need the Grom to win it? Probably, yes. Now, they've been an incredibly clutch team. They've been a team that's hit with men in scoring position. They've had a lot of timely hits. They're not a top offensive team, but they've played like one overall. They've gotten a lot of they, – they've been clutch, and met teams usually aren't very clutch. This team has been. They've got a lot of big hits. A lot of hits with men's scoring position. And give Buck credit for the atmosphere and the direction that he has provided for this team. It is extremely positive. But you expected that out of Buck. And the Mets will make moves. You know that. I don't think there's any question. I think they're waiting to make moves. I think the owner wants to make moves. I think he wants to flex his financial muscle. And I think he will. Remember, again, go to Bet Rivers for all of your U.S. Open bets in New York and Jersey. And in Connecticut, go to Play Sugar House. Every day of the U.S. Open, you get a profit boost just for logging in. Emails when we return wants to email the mike francesa podcast drop mike a note at mike francesa podcast at gmail.com mike francesa podcast at gmail.com again mike francesa podcast at gmail.com send your questions comments we try to get to some every show if we can eric in albany is there any scenario where the Gram opts out and steve Cohen doesn't resign him how many starts does he have to make for the Mets to feel comfortable giving him shares of type money? All these questions for DeGrom are not answerable at the present time. We have to see him pitch again before we can answer these questions. I don't think the Mets will let DeGrom leave. I don't think DeGrom wants to leave. I think all that will take care of itself. But we first, before we can answer any of them, we have to see DeGrom on the mound and performing. And until that happens, there's nothing to discuss. And like I said, we thought we were moving towards a timetable, and they now have put the skids on that. They have backed that. They put the brakes on that. They said, not so fast. He's not, you know, he, no, 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 we're not there yet. We're not there yet. And we didn't expect that as we head towards July. So Scherzer's going to be fine. DeGrom, right now. We need to see him back before we can ever answer any of these questions. Joe emails, what do you think of the Giants offseason and training camp reports? Do you think the camp has sounded too loosey-goosey? It almost seems too happy for me. You know, I, I saw Chris Mara at the Belmont. We had a long discussion about the team, about the new hierarchy. They are thrilled with the new hierarchy. They are thrilled with the new general manager. They know now they made a big mistake with Gettleman going as far with them as they did. I think they would... I don't think they want to get into it, but I think they would admit that. I like where the Giants went from a draft standpoint. I still have big question marks about them right now. I don't think they... Have answered all the questions I need to see answered. And let's see if they can, if this coach can elevate just the idea of this franchise having some belief in itself. I think the Giants have lost their way to such a point that this general manager and this head coach have to instill a new direction. And a new pride in this team. Whether it's with new players or the existing guys who are here. The Giants have become losers. And they act like losers. And under Gentlemen, they acted like losers. And under the coaches they brought in, they acted like losers. The Giants have to go back to acting like Giants. What they learned under Parcells and continued under Coughlin... That has to be found again. Let's see if these guys can do that. I'd say that there's a reason for optimism, but it's, a with me, a very guarded optimism about this season. Another Joe says, What was your favorite or most memorable game you attended, if not top three, maybe? Uh, I don't know what sport you're talking about, Joe. There's a couple of games in my life that uh, stand out. The... Georgetown, North Carolina, NCAA tournament game. That was my first NCAA tournament for CBS. I did a lot of them. Uh, it was still the highest played, in terms of overall quality, the the best played big game I've ever been a part of or been at. There was brilliant talent on the court. It was obviously a one-point game. We saw a guy who, at that time, was a freshman you know, in Ewing, have a great game. And we saw Jordan make a shot that was just the start of what was a career unlike any other. That game stands out. The Giants and the Bills down in Tampa in that Super Bowl, the backdrop of the Gulf War, Whitney Houston in the national anthem, and a game that was played again on an extremely high level. There were no turnovers in that game and the giants withstood a knockout punch. Hostetler did not fumble the ball when they got the safety. He could have been he was basically not cold and still didn't give up the ball. They were down 12-3 when they started their charge in the shadows of the uh goalposts and came down the field with that time consuming drive to go into the half down 12-10, came out with another one of those great drives and led 17-12 and then held on with the wide right that was as good a football game as I've ever been a part of or been around. And it was uh, – uh, anyone who's in that building knows how special that whole day was and how special that game was. And as far as the Yankees, I've been fortunate enough to be in at so many big Yankee games in my life, countless playoff games and World Series. I mean, you know, such a number that's impossible. The game – Ninety-six game six when they finally won a championship was a very big Saturday night, the 3-2 win, when the ball falls into Charlie Hayes' mitt. The Girardi triple rocked the stadium louder than I'd ever heard it in my life that night off Maddox. And the other game that stands out was 2003, the comeback against Pedro at 5-2 down. That classic Yankee comeback for that team. And then remember, that was the end for that team because they got swept, you know, from they got beat four straight in 04 and were never the same. That 03 team, though, that lost to the Marlins in the World Series, which was stunning and no one expected it. But that game seven comeback from 5 2 down, the G to ball that Trot Nixon takes a step in, the ball goes over his head for a double. Bernie Lines of line drive base hit the center field. Now they got to run. Matsui, who was always so clutch, hits a double inside the first base bag. Now it's second and third. And then Posada with a Texas Liga, and now it's 5-5. Five, five. The three innings Mariano pitched in that game. Mussina coming in in relief in that game. And then obviously the home run by Boone that won it. Remarkable game. Memorable game, as a matter of fact. A game that... Uh, Of so many that I I went to, a game that I always allude to because of the way they came back, singles and doubles and clutch with Jeter involved, of course, and Bernie involved, of course, and Matsui involved, of course. Mariano throwing three brilliant innings. Adam from Philly, do you think any of these LIV players can work as a TV analyst for the PGA Tour down the line? Absolutely not. They can't have any relationship with the PGA Tour right now. That goes without saying. Uh, I don't think there is a chance. And uh, Adam went on to say that he thought McDowell could be a very good analyst. Maybe that's so. And I think, and you mentioned Phil, could be a very good analyst. I totally agree about Phil. That's gone now. That is completely gone now. These wounds are not going to heal for a while. And stay tuned because there are rumblings. Now, I don't know if it's going to come to fruition, but there are rumblings that there are other major players ready to go. And if that's true, the PGA is in for, you know, a tough time. We'll see. That's going to unfold over the next couple of days and the next couple of weeks and the next couple of months. Enjoy the Open. Happy Father's Day.